Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2004, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Welcome to the second in a series of engineering editions of From the Runway Up, the podcast from Biggie Tyson Airport. I'm Becky, and I'm here with Caitlin. And we are joined today with Blake Sarton, who is our senior GIS person here at the airport. And he's going to tell us all about that, and especially what is GIS? What is GIS? That's a good question. Um, It has to do with engineering. Well, at this airport, it has a lot to do with engineering. It's not necessarily 100% across the board, but at our airport, we use GIS, and I'll define it by saying GIS is uh, Geographic Information Systems. So really, it's just a, a way to catalog and keep up with geographic data and to show it and use it in a graphical form. So uh, what most people think of as GIS is maps. And uh, maps are really part of GIS, but they're not the whole story. They're kind of the, the outward sign. It's, it's the end product from what we have, all the data that we're collecting in the background. And, and that's the, the main part of GIS is, is actually the data that's in the background. It's a lot of databases that are all connected in a spatial format. That's interesting because from an airport's perspective, we can take what people imagine to be the map of the airport. We can select a building or an area in that building, see all the inner workings, the lease that it was there, the the electrical lines, the sewer lines, whatever goes through there based on the GIS, where before it was a handwritten note or it was a bunch of notes in a folder somewhere and it wasn't readily accessible. So that's what GIS brings to airports? Yeah, that's what it brings to a lot of uh, different organizations. Specifically, it started out in the government realm. The governments wanted to keep up with informational layers like buried utilities, uh, building locations, edge of pavement, all this type of uh, information about things. Basically, anything that you could see on an overhead map, like if you're looking at Google Earth or you're looking at Google Maps, you're looking at the outward sign of a GIS. All the stuff that I do for the airport is actually going on in the background of anything like that that Google creates or Apple Maps or other people that create those kind of uh, websites. So uh, the thing that GIS does is different than, say, a CAD drawing. What's that? CAD uh, is computer-aided design, like AutoCAD, uh, things like that. It's what you imagine engineering designs or schematics look like. It's the old-school engineering. Yes. So you've got CAD drawings, which uh, kind of exist on their own. They're meant to be an electronic sheet of paper. And they have evolved over the years to be more like GIS. But GIS is really concerned about where things are in the world in relation to each other. And so you've got a spatial data layer of, let's say, all the buildings at the airport. When I say spatial data layers, I'm talking about layers of information that are based on a type and that have some tie to the real world. And so a layer that shows all of the runways and the taxiways. You've got a layer that shows all the surface streets. You've got a layer that shows buried gas, electric communication, things like that. Since they all know where they are in the world, you can turn them on as layers on top of each other and then look for interactions between them. So you can ask a question of the data because it knows where it is and because it knows where all the other layers are, you can ask the question, 
where are all of the, let's say, gas lines within 50 feet of the edge of a, of a road? And the database can actually answer that question for you. It can say, oh, well, here they are, and it lights them up, and you can go in and do things. Uh, one example of something that we did that, that has to do with proximity like that is uh, we had an area of the airport that was not sufficiently covered by a fire hydrant coverage. And the question was from the insurance company, do you have a fire hydrant every 500 feet? And so I was able to go in and query the database and say, give me a buffer of every fire hydrant at 500 feet, and then I'll look for the holes. And so that's what I did, actually buffered each point out, and then we found a hole. And they were able to go in and actually install a fire hydrant and cover that area so that it improved our rating as far as insurance, and it also made the airport safer. So whenever you say you're doing that, are you doing that electronically? Yes. Or manually? Okay. Yes. The manual part of it is actually collecting the data. We have a lot of different ways we can collect data. One of them is we get information from, from CAD, from computer design that comes from our consultants, our engineers, our designers, people like that. We'll get that information and we'll import it into the system. We also get information from old drawings. We've got old drawings uh, that, that are just legacy stuff that we've had around for, I mean, this airport's been here for 80 years, so there's a lot of information. 81. 81. So over 80 years of information that we've got cataloged as far as just drawings. So we can actually take those drawings, register them in place in the world, and then overlay them with all the new. And so we can look for the old things, so we can uh, locate those things. And then the third way we get data is actually by using GPS. And just to, you know throw that out there what it is. I know, I know probably everyone knows what GPS is. We all have it on our cars or on our phone. Yes, a global positioning system. And uh, we use a, a specialized type that's much more accurate than you would use, if you, let's say, on your phone or what have you. Those are accurate within two to three feet, sometimes a little higher. The ones we have are accurate to about 10 centimeters. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a significant increase in accuracy. And then you can go even further than that if you have a, like a survey grade unit, you're going down to sub-centimeter. We don't deal with that level of accuracy because the data that we're collecting is mostly visible, but it's also within that tolerance of two to three feet. So if you can get to 10 centimeters, you're good. You're good. Yeah. So you've talked about spalatial levels and you've talked about all of these technical things that come in with describing GIS. So what kind of background do you have to have to be able to perform that for an airport or for any company? Well, uh, my particular background, I'm from the geography world and I went to college and got a degree in geography. When I was going through college, uh, this field was brand new. So the, the idea that you could take this information and you could overlay it and you could create products from it was pretty fancy for the time. Uh, the interesting thing about the geography field is that it has gotten a lot more technical over the last 20 years or so. And with the advent of things like Google and the advent of things like GPS available to the masses and the, and the advent of in-car nav and things like that, the field has really blown up. And so for people that are interested in mapping, uh, people that, you know, were map nerds as kids or just really enjoy the whole, you know, how things fit together in the world, geography is a great degree field to go into because there's a lot of people using this technology now to solve questions of where things are. And it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier, yes. You know, 20, 25 years ago, if you wanted to know the answer to a lot of these questions, you were actually creating the algorithms on your own to answer the questions. And now a lot of that's been solved. So the tools have become more readily available and the advent of web mapping uh, has really taken off. You know, you can get information about just about anything you want and it's not even that hard. So, I mean, there's that, there's that kind of consumer side that's gotten people interested in maps. 
And then that has kind of uh, transitioned to then you've got more people that are majoring in it and trying to get degrees in in things that have to do with web technology or mapping in general Mm -hmm. and trying to answer those questions for people. Well, and how long have you actually worked here at the airport authority? I have been at the airport authority since uh, 2006. And I started after our last master planning process. And so you came in as a GIS manager? Yes. Okay. Um, I've been doing the same job. I'm one of the rare people, you know, that actually does, you know, what I went to school for. Me too. There's a few of us. There's a few of us out there. I love maps. I love data. I love, you know, analyzing things and and learning new things. And so it's a technical field, but it's a technical field that is not, it's not strictly about the technology. It's not, there's a lot of nuance to it, which I like. And a lot of, kind of an artistic aspect, which is, which is fun Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're massaging data and you're using data to answer questions, but you're also generating these end products, the maps themselves, right. which there's an element of design that goes into that, which I really appreciate. And you are responsible for the design too? Yes. We have a standardized design that we use, kind of a design language that does change over time. And it changes based on the client. And I'll say client, and that's anybody that comes into my office and needs something. I will create a a map for them. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of what we do uh, in engineering and a lot of what I do as GIS is to answer questions for people. It's to solve problems or it's to create compelling argument. Let's say you have a project and you want to try to change something about the airport and you want to create, like they say, a picture's worth a thousand words. A map's just a picture. And so, you know, we can create a map that can create an argument that can create a compelling reason for something to happen. I try to work with whoever needs a map and create something that's useful and, and beautiful in the limited way that I'm you know, able to do that. The first thing that comes to my mind is all of the maps that you created for the air show that we had in oh, yeah. 2016. Yes, we created quite a few maps uh, mm-hmm. for the air show. And and we had to. I mean, it was critical to, to the layout, whether it be parking or, you know, the aircraft layout or anything like that. Yes, so. and that's a good example of something that you might not think about when you go into a, a career in, you know, let's say airport management. Any career in airport management, you're going to be dealing with maps. You're going to be dealing with where things are. I mean, even if you're not doing it as a job, you're going to be hiring somebody to do it or you're going to be contracting it out to someone and somebody's going to be creating maps. We use maps every single day at this airport. We're not the largest airport. We're not the smallest airport. But even we at, at our size have a large need for knowing where things are and knowing how things interact with each other. You know, just, you know, in the last week, I've done, you know, lease maps. I've done maps about new construction. I've done maps about routing to parking. I've done maps about all different types of things. I'm running out of things in my head to think about. You mapped where we were going to put a food truck. This is true. The simplest, (laughs) smallest things. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you came here in 2006. Yes. And we had just recently, I think, completed a master plan. Yes. And in our previous episode, we talked with Brian White and Bill Barley about the master planning process and how we are hopefully going to roll out our new master plan soon. What role has GIS played in this master plan that we're hoping to roll out? Well, uh, the role GIS plays in any master plan is uh, is just kind of providing that data. We have a few products that are GIS-based. Uh, one of them is the ALP or the Airport Layout Plan. And the ALP is a series of maps or drawings, depending on the specific page of the ALP, showing different things about the airport and the airspace and the development surrounding it. And so a lot of that base data is things that we have worked on keeping up over the years. 
and adapting from older information and kind of moving forward. The other major component that is map-based in the master plan is the Exhibit A. And the Exhibit A is our uh, document that shows all of the property that's owned by the airport. So we keep up with all that information as we purchase new property. We keep up with the, where it's purchased, who it's purchased from, all the ownership data, how it was paid for, things like that. And then that information is passed on to the consultant to use in the uh, master plan update. As a result from that, we will take all that information that we receive back from the consultant at the end of the master planning process and use it for management from here on out. As far as management of the airport itself, you need to know what you own. You need to know where you need to maintain things, how that relates to everything else you already have. And it goes back to the even to the purchase process of the property. We will ask questions about each purchase of property. Is it within our noise contours? Is it uh, near other property the airport owns? Things like that. So we want we want to build a compelling case to purchase or not purchase a piece of property based on a lot of factors that are important to the airport. So working here since 2006, what has been one of your favorite projects that you've worked on? I know I'm sure all of your, your projects are the favorite. I know the air show was probably... I actually really enjoyed the air show. I thought it was great. I could see like a second career 20 years down the road, you know, just doing like air show management. I think it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think air shows are very interesting. They are very interesting and they're a lot of work. Well, there's a lot of work, but there's a lot of moving pieces that I really like about it. As far as the maps go for the for the air show, mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun for me because there was a defined purpose. There was a short timeline, but it was also not uncomplicated product. I mean, it was there were a lot of moving pieces that you had to keep up with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've actually had inquiries from other airports who are doing air shows wanting to get information about how we did the map. Because I think the Blue Angels said that our maps were one of their favorites. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. I actually heard they, they used our maps as an example mm-hmm. for other air shows, at least that next year. I don't you know. You need to put that on your resume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> put that on my resume. No, but it was fun. I mean, and I think that's one of the things about working on any project at the airport is there's a lot of pieces. It's not simple or straightforward. Nothing here happens overnight. And nothing here is a simple decision. Everything involves a lot of planning, a lot of thought, and a lot of input from different people, which I really appreciate as a person who enjoys data and and who enjoys uh, the interaction of things generally. I like the fact that every project here has that component of needing a lot of people's eyes on it and needing a lot of thought put into it. And so, I mean, I, I do like every project that we get to work on. I, I think they're all great. I think they all have different kind of uh, feel to them. And uh, it's a very varied place to work, which is nice. So we've had podcast episodes from, I think, all of our five departments here at the Airport Authority. But I think that's another thing that's very interesting about your position is that you have requests from all of the departments, all of the Airport Authority departments need map like i said we needed a map to place a food truck i mean you never know what people are going to come to you and and ask well it's true i mean like like, you know this month i'm I'm working on uh, maps for our uh, properties department i'm working on maps for uh, operations i'm working on maps for the faa i'm working on maps for engineering 
and engineering needs maps too. Of course, we always need maps. <laughs> Everybody needs maps. It's 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 a constant thing. I mean, there's there's not been a week that went by in twelve and three quarter years that I haven't had multiple map requests. Good job security for you. Well, it's a good job security because we're always changing things, and uh, so once again, you got to keep up with how things change. And good job security because I mean, it, it's it's an expanding field because. We're an expanding airport. Well, and that kind of leads me into um, my last question for you. So airports are always changing. Where do you see GIS helping the airport grow in the future? I think the future, as far as GIS, and this is a technology thing. It's not necessarily a, a, a way things are going or anything. It's, it's just about technology. The way GIS is going on its own is towards a web mapping platform. So uh, using the internet, leveraging the cloud, quote, quote, as they say, and getting a lot of information out there to where it can be used away from the desk. And that would be helpful. Yes. And what I would like to see personally is more interaction with our data in the field for our people, our maintenance people, our operations people, our safety staff out in the field that need to get information would be able to have it on their phone or their other mobile device. I think that that would be very helpful to the way they do their jobs. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see that happen. And so, uh, you know, my five-year plan is, is uh, to get more of that rolled out. We have done tests of it over the years. We've never completely went that route. We are still kind of focused on keeping all our data in-house at this point. So I would like to have more of that data not necessarily out in the public where everyone can see it, right. but having it in a fashion. A little bit more accessible. Yes, a little bit more accessible for our uh, field staff to be able to get to that information. And and not just the, the maps themselves, but also things like work documents, things they would need out in the field, like let's say uh, manuals for equipment mm -hmm. or diagrams for, you know, let's say a light, the lighting vault or things like that. Having that data available in a way that they could get to it easily from the field would be useful for how they do their jobs. Do other airports have that ability? They do. A lot of them have gone this route. We're actually probably a little farther ahead than a lot of airports our size when it comes to uh, uh, data management. There, a, a lot of airports our size are just at the threshold of being able to put the effort into keeping up with this level of information. Well, it's a lot of information. And like you said, it's always changing. It's always changing. And growing. It's always growing. And like I said, the, the field's becoming more mature. And the software is very mature at this point. So building that trust in the information and building the trust in the ability to take this information and host it in a fashion that's still safe and secure, but also available to the staff would be is, you know, it's going to kind of become the next step. Good. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners about GIS? I would just say, you know, you know, look into it if you're interested. I mean, if you want to get more information about GIS or geography fields, you can go to esri.com. They're the major uh, manufacturer of the software. They're not the only person, but uh, they have a lot of different contacts. And they have a lot of different programs, especially for students that are interested or if there's people out there that just want a taste of what it's like, there's free web mapping applications and things like that. Oh, fun. So just to play around with. Just to play around with. Uh, no, no endorsement. I'm right. just saying. <laughs> They're the big player in the pond. So uh, they have the most contacts. So it's a good place to start. Well, what we'll do is we will put a link to that and a few of your other maps that you've done in the past on our show notes page for this episode. Next month, we are going to be looking at air service development and speaking with people who help us to recruit airlines and new flights to our community. We have some new flights coming up 
uh, to Miami and to uh, New, New York. York starting mm-hmm. in February. And so we have a lot going on in the area of air service development. And then we hope to have an airline with us and talk about it from their perspective and what they look for in communities. Yeah, we've previously had an episode that talks about air service development and we spoke with our vice president of air service development and marketing here at the airport authority so if you haven't listened to that episode go ahead and listen to that one it'll give you some good background of what we're going to be talking about next month and just as a reminder make sure that you visit our new website from the runwayup.com to learn more about past episodes see our show notes you can also join us on our social media channels on facebook we post really fun and riveting behind the scenes photos so be sure to <laughs> yes. check those out. <laughs> they are riveting. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining us and we hope you tune in next month.